Good morning, Life Point Church. How are we doing today? Come on, how are we doing today? This is the day he made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Amen. How many of you know what today is? <sighs> the end of 21 days of fasting, but definitely not the end of prayer. We want us to continue to pray. But, um, you know, I kind of feel like David, when David was, you know, he was on the run and um, he was, he was just, just thinking about home and he said, oh, that I would give to have a glass of water from the wells of Jerusalem. And um, so three of his mighty men took off uh, behind enemy lines and they went and got water for King David. Can you imagine? They risked their life for a cup of water to give to David. And uh, man, I tell you what, I don't know what I'd do for a piece of pizza right now. But oh, that if I had one, I tell you what, I'd be really, I'd be really happy because I'm tired of beans and rice. And anybody else with me today? I was talking with David Ricketts earlier in this week, and I told him, I said, you know what? Um, we're going to have pizza for everybody. So after service, pizza is on LifePoint today. Amen? Not like a whole pizza, but you'll get a... Okay, just to make sure. He's like, pizza at 930? I'm like, obviously, you have never participated in the breakfast of champions. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Cold pizza. Amen. For those of you that are new today, um, I have a love relationship with pizza. And um, like I said, God made it on the eighth day and it's all good. Amen. But we're going to feed you as well. Thank you for fasting. Thank you for praying. Um, many of you... Uh, different types of fasting, different approaches to your fast. But I just want to say thank you for taking the first part of this year, consecrating your heart, and just, just seeking the Lord. Now, um, the Lord did share some things with me that um, I'm going to be sharing with you, not today, but um, over whenever I feel the release to do so. But, you know, <clears throat> when you're fasting, you're also seeking obviously 
God you're seeking and trying to develop a deeper relationship with the Lord. And you're asking the Lord to speak to you about some things. And I really do believe that the Lord has spoken to me um, personally on some things, but also corporately. And uh, so I can't, I, um, I'm looking forward to being able to share those things with you. Amen. Everybody okay? I know I can hear some of you right now. I can't believe you just ate, ate pizza in church. I rebuke that religious spirit in the name of Jesus. Listen, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to do this. Just start in the Gospels. And I challenge you to um, just research how many miracles took place around food. When was the first miracle recorded? At the wedding, right? Turning the water into... It's okay. And all the food that was there that day too. But I challenge you to do that. And um, I mean, God knows our body needs it, right? Okay, pastor, enough preaching on pizza. Let's go. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you in this house today. I'm asking God that you would just speak to our hearts as we continue this series on prayer. I'm asking God that you would just do something, do something special in this room today. As we honor you, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And everyone said, amen. Let's welcome our online church as well. Online church, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being with us today. Um, if you could put up the picture of the courtyard, uh, let's start there. It's the picture we've been on the tabernacle. And um, you want to bite a pizza? Okay. Um, We've been on the tabernacle, and uh, we started in the outer courtyard, which is beyond the gate, and then we went through the gate and got into the courtyard area. This is where the uh, brazen altar is. That's where the sacrifices would be made, the brazen laver right behind that. We covered those two areas as it relates to Jesus, as it relates to the Word of God. I would encourage you, if you've not been a part of this series, go back lpcmentor.com. You can watch all of that online. There's all different types of venues that you can watch this series. Um, and, and what I want you to get is this. A person doesn't have to be saved to enter into the courts of God. As a matter of fact, there's an open invitation to everyone. The Bible records these words, let everyone who has breath praise the Lord. Now, it didn't say everyone who's saved. It said everyone who has breath. So, the prerequisite for praising God is to be breathing. Just nudge your neighbor and make sure they're there. Just go ahead and make sure that's So anyone with breath, breathing, could come into this courtyard. And, um, and we really want that. We want people into the courtyard. We want people to come here, right? We want them to hear the praises. We want them to hear the word. We want all that because it's going to create a hunger in their hearts. As a matter of fact, unsaved people can go to the labor. In other words, unsaved people can go to the Bible. They can read the Bible. Unsaved people, right, can read the Bible, but they don't really understand the Bible. And there's a reason for that. Um, the, Bi the Bible lets us know that, that without 
the Spirit of God, we, will not, we don't understand the Word of God. In other words, the natural man, the unsaved man, cannot understand spiritual things. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2, 14 tells us that, right? That um, the natural man cannot understand because they are spiritually discerned. If you could put that scripture up there, that would help me out a little bit. Um, there it is. So 1 Corinthians 2, 14 tells us that. So this is a spiritual book, right? Your Bible is a spiritual book. Uh, the Bible tells us that men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God, all right? So God breathed on man, inspired them by His Spirit, written by the Spirit of God through man. That's why you have to be born again to understand the Word of God because it is a spiritual book. So you need a teacher. Say, I need a teacher. And so God gives us five-fold ministry gifts of pastors, evangelists, um, apostles, prophets, teachers. God gives us these gifts to teach us his word, but God also gives us his Holy Spirit to teach us his word as well. John 14 and verse 26 says that he will teach you all things. So when you're reading God's word, and you don't understand if you're born again and you're like, Lord, I really don't understand what you're saying here. Ask the teacher to help you. Anyone ever been in school and you were stuck on a problem and you're like, uh, teacher, I need some help here, right? I don't fully understand what you're asking or what you're saying here. And so it's okay to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. I would encourage you to do so, right? So, but in order to go to the next place, so we want to go behind this veil. In order to go to the next place beyond the labor, you had to be a priest. Not anyone could go beyond that veil. You had to be a priest, and you had to be a chosen priest to go behind the veil. They were the only ones who, who were permitted to go into what, what we would technically called the sanctuary of the tabernacle. And this was a place where they performed services unto the Lord. And if I was teaching on another topic of the tabernacle, I would take you through those services, but I'm going to stick to prayer right now. So you had to be a chosen priest to go back beyond the veil and minister in that area. So so what, what has happened in our, in our Christian culture is we have placed everything on what we considered the holy man in the holy place. In other words, that's just for the pastor. That's just for um, those who are technically, and I'll, I'll use this term lightly, called to ministry because we're all called to minister. Can I get an amen there? Amen. We're all called to minister. But you had to be a priest to go beyond the veil. So how do I qualify as a, as a priest? How many of you are born again? Let me see your hands. Just if you're born again, okay, then you're qualified. Do you realize that? You are qualified. As a matter of fact, your Bible tells you that you are a priest. First uh, Peter 2 and 5 tells us that you are a holy priesthood, Doing what? Offering up spiritual sacrifices 
acceptable to God. Now, part of a spiritual sacrifice is your prayer life. So when you are praying, you are offering up a spiritual sacrifice unto the Lord. So this is for everyone. Say it's for everyone. Every believer has the right to go beyond the veil into the very presence of God. So on the outside, when you would come in, remember we've already covered this, coming through the first gate, this is, this is the way. We talked about Jesus is what? He is the way, right? It's the only way to the Father. But we're going to go a little deeper now because we're going to go into the next level, if I can put it that way. And here we discover that not only is Jesus the way, but he is also the truth. And before we're done, we'll get to see that he is the life. So he is the way. He's the only way to God. And he is the truth. He is the truth of God. Truth is not a concept. Truth is not a concept where I, I just study and I get it and I'm like, okay, I understand. Truth is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. He is the truth. Didn't he tell us that? I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, all right? So truth is not a subject. Truth is a person. Now, here's the cool thing about it. If you know him, John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth, and it is that truth that will set you free. Now, he's not talking about understanding. He's talking about if you are in relationship with him, being in relationship with him will set you free. And the reason a lot of people in the church are still bound is because they have not cultivated a relationship with him. Because if you will cultivate a relationship with him, you can't be with him very long and be bound. I wasn't going to preach. I'll eat my pizza before I preach on. You can't. But if you will cultivate that relationship with him, you will begin to be free by the truth of who he is. Amen? Who the Son sets free is what? He's free indeed. So, so we're going to move on. We're going to get to the next place, all right? So cultivate. This is part of cultivating that relationship with him. And here's what I believe is going to happen as we move deeper in our prayer life this year, some of you are going to get free of some things that you've been bound with for a long time. And that's okay. We want you to get there, amen? You know, we, a lot of times, well, where else would you go? Who else are you supposed to go to? Him, right? That's who we're going to. Okay, so uh, if you could give a picture of the entrance, right here it is. Someone do me a favor. There's beams on this, this here. Tell me how many beams there are. Go ahead and count them. Everyone say five. You see them right here? One, two, three, four, five. Jamie said they're pillars. No, that's what you lay your head on at night. That was really bad, wasn't it? I spent six years in West Virginia. They're pillars. <laughs> Sorry, my West Virginia family. I know some of you are watching right now. 
Um, five. Five is the number of grace. Everyone say grace. So we know we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace, right? So when you go a little deeper in your prayer time, when you get to this point in your prayer time, you are reminded or you should remind yourself of the grace of God. Where would you be, where would I be without the grace of God? You think about that for a minute. What, where would we be without God's grace operating in our life? God's grace is something we don't deserve. It's something that we cannot earn. But because of what he done out in that outer courtyard, sacrificing his life for us, God has given us his grace freely, amen? And God's grace is simply God's unmerited favor. Just look at your neighbor and tell him I'm his favorite. Online church, if you could top, type that in right now in the comment section, just say, I am his favorite. Say it again to your neighbor. Because you are. You are God's favorite. All of us are. See, some of you have a hard time even accepting that. I feel the resistance. I break that spirit of religiosity off of you right now. Listen, I'm ready for you today. I just want you to know that I am ready. You are God's favor. You have to see yourself that way. I'm daddy's favorite. Amen. I'm not here because of me. I'm here because of him. So, Father, I just thank you for your amazing grace. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that I don't deserve anything that I have, but because of your grace and because of your favor in my life, you have blessed me, you have kept me, you have preserved me, you have made ways for me, Lord, and I just want to take a few minutes right now and thank you for your amazing grace in my life. Amen? And then I get to this place in my prayer where Isaiah, I believe Isaiah, kind of gives us a revelation of these five beams, pillars, when he says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will rest upon his shoulders. Now watch this. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called, say it with me, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Do you see that? So for every one of these beams, you can take these five revelations that Isaiah just shared with us, and you can come to your prayer time and you can say, Father, I just want you to know that you are marvelous. You are wonderful. I just want you to know, Lord, that, that I never, ever want to approach you without awe, without respect, without reverence, because how great and how awesome and how wonderful you are. There is none like you in all the earth, Father. And I stand in amazement of who you are. And then I move over here and I say that, Lord, you are my counselor. You are the one who guides me. You are the one who directs me. Lord, when I lack wisdom, you give me wisdom. When I lack understanding, you give me understanding. Lord, let me hear your ways. Reveal to me your plans. Counsel me in this situation, Lord. Counsel me. Let me know what your will is for this situation, for this loved one. And the Holy Spirit will be your counselor. 
and then you move on and you start praying about that he is the mighty God. How many of you know he is the mighty God? How many of you know there's none beside him? There's none likened unto him. There's none that can compare unto him. Father, I just want to thank you that you are a mighty God. You have no adversary. They're all under your feet. You have no equal. There is none like you. You are the mighty God of Jacob. You are the mighty God of Isaac. You are the mighty God of Abraham. You are mighty. Father, I just want to thank you that you are the everlasting Father. And I just ask you now, Father, just to embrace me. And I just ask you, Father, as, 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 as we as natural parents provide and do good things for our children, how much more, Father, will you provide for me? How much more, Father, will you love me unconditionally? And you just have that relationship with the Father, amen? Jesus started the prayer that way, our who are in heaven. And so we get to that place and we start exalting who he is as our Father. And then we talk about he is the Prince of Peace, amen? In a crazy world, you can still have peace, amen? In a world that's out of control, in a world that's lost its mind, Father, I thank you that I still have peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And Father, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I thank you for the peace that you have given unto me, that I can walk through this situation with your peace, Lord. And you just begin to thank God for his peace. Amen. Amen. And then we go behind the veil, amen? We go behind the veil. Now, there were three pieces of furniture behind the veil. And if you can give me that aerial view of the, of the, of the uh, sanctuary, that'd be great. There it is, three pieces of furniture. So when you walked in behind the veil, you walked in to your left, you'll see the candlestick. To your right, you'll see the table of showbread. In the back, right before you get ready to go into the holy place, is another altar, an altar of incense, the Bible says. Three pieces of furniture. All these pieces of furniture are, are types and shadows of Jesus, but they're also, they also give us a prayer insight, okay? So when you move past the veil, after you've, after you've acknowledged the grace of God, after you acknowledge the goodness of God, those characteristics that we just talked about, you want to move to the left. Everyone say to the left. To the left, to the left, to the I'm just feeling it today, okay? Hey, it's the pizza. Everybody stand up to the No, I'm just kidding. Don't do it. So we're going to move to the left, amen? amen. And so in the, out, in the courtyard, there's no, keep that picture right there, please. If you go back to the courtyard, there's, there's, there's no covering. It's all done by natural light, all right? Everything's by natural light, the sun by day, the moon by night. But when you move into this place right here, the only light that was provided in this particular place was the light that was coming off of the candlestick. It's the only light. So on one section, you have natural, and then on the, on the next section, it, 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 it's more spiritual. 
All right? So now I'm moving deeper into spiritual things. Is this okay? All right. So now I'm moving deeper into spiritual things. Um, so I'm moving from natural to spiritual. So what does that mean? Here's what that means. That means you're moving from a place of limitations to a place where there's no limits. There's no limit to the Spirit of God. I'll talk about that in a minute. So you're moving into a realm in your prayer that I would say is supernatural. And there are times in your life where you come to your end. And then you're going to have to get to the place where you say, God, the only way this is going to happen is you're going to make it happen. If you don't make it happen, it's not happening. So now it's out of my hands, God, and it's in your hands. And when I put it in your hands, I take it from the natural and I put it in the spirit. And now that it's in the spirit, the supernatural can take place in my life where I cannot explain it, but I just step back and say, but God. But God. How do you go from 12 people in your living room with no money, no backing, <laughs> a burnt-out preacher and his wife, how do you go from that to this? When, when new church plants, only one in ten make it past five years. This uh, April, we will begin our ninth year at LifePoint Church. Come on, take a 30-second praise break and give God some praise. Because I can't explain that, but I can tell you who did it, but God. Come on and give Jesus some praise in this house. Come on, online church, put that coffee down and give Jesus some praise. I ain't never going to make it. I'm just never going to make it. <sighs> okay, give me the picture of the candlestick, please. Hey, they're doing an awesome job back there, amen. Thank you so much. So you'd walk in, you'd go to your left, and you would see this piece of furniture. And um, there's so many types of... Uh, of what this represents, but let me just give you a couple right here. Number one, it is symbolic of the church. Now, if you'll notice, there is a there's a um, a main shaft running right down the middle, right, and then off of that shaft there are three branches on each side. So three plus three is six is the number of man. Okay, but 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 what this says is Christ is the vine. And we are the branches. Everything sprouts off of him. So this is a picture and a type of his church. All right? You can go in the book of Revelation, and it talks about the candlestick being the church. All right? So I'm not, I'm not out here. I'm, I'm in your Bible. Okay. Amen. So, so it's a type and a shadow of the church. The priest would come in. To this place, and twice a day, in the morning and in the evening, he would make sure that the wicks were clean. 
because no smoke in this area was permitted. So the wicks had to be clean. How many of you know we have a lot of smoke in the church but no fire? Someone said, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. No, not necessarily. A lot of smoke and mirrors but no fire. And that's why people aren't being changed. And that's why our cities aren't being changed. I don't want to chase that rabbit, so I'll just stick right here. So the priest had to make sure that the wicks were clean and oil was poured in this candlestick. Where did he get the fire? He got the fire from the altar in the courtyard. It all starts at the cross. So he got the fire from the altar, brought it in, and would light the wicks on this candlestick. All right? So light is what? It's symbolic of the Word of God. Light is symbolic of the Word of God. The Bible tells us, right, that, that um, it's a light into our path, right, a lamp into our feet. So, so it represents the Word of God. Notice where the candle was placed. It was placed right in the middle, or right in the center, I should say, of the sanctuary. How many of you know that you and I are the sanctuary of God? This, we call this a sanctuary, but this right here is the sanctuary of God. This is where God lives, right here, amen? God says, I choose the tabernacle now with you. I choose to dwell in you. So if God is in you, his word is in you because they're inseparable, so the word of God dwells within us, right? So guess who's responsible to, tr to trim the wicks and keep the fire burning? You, me. We're responsible to do, make sure that that's happening. So the light then becomes the standard in which we are to live by. I don't care what the world says. Can you hold this a minute? Paid the heat bill around here, I can tell you that. <laughs> Listen, the world is not our standard. I don't care what they pass. Let me come over here and see if I can get some help. I don't care what they say. The B-I-B-L-E is our standard, and that's the book for me, and that's the book that we're going to live by. That is, the, there is no other standard. It is the word of God. Amen. And so it becomes our standard by which we live by. And so here's what's interesting to me. There are 66 pieces that form that candlestick. 66. Well, what, what, what's so significant about that? How many books are in your Bible? Say it again. 66. 66 books in your Bible. Told you this was symbolic of the Word of God. 66 pieces made this candlestick. See, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, uh, the, um, the New Testament is concealed. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. And they're given as examples to us. All right? And so, hurry, Ken, okay. So, they would come and then they would pour olive oil, oil, into every shaft to keep that fire burning. Now, you and I both know that oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The, the olive is, is where they would get the oil, and the olive had to be crushed, and out of that crushing of that olive, they would get the oil to pour into this particular piece of furniture. 
All right? And that's why some of you have gone through a crushing season in your life because God was squeezing the anointing of the oil out of you to be poured out to be used for his glory and his honor. Amen? Is that too much? Okay. Um, so, so they would go, they would pour, they had to make sure that the oil was in the candlestick and it would light up this room. So oil, the Holy Ghost... Light the Word of God. Listen, if you want to build your life, if you want to grow a relationship with the Lord, if you want to build a church, there are two key ingredients that you cannot do without. That is, that is the Word and that is the oil. That is the Word and that is the Spirit of God. Amen? You have to have, you have, to have those in operation if you're going to be successful. Here's the other thing about this candlestick. The other thing about this was, there was it was not measured. Every other piece of furniture, remember I told you this last week, was measured except for the laver, because there's, there's, God's word cannot be measured, and this candlestick, because you cannot measure the Holy Spirit. You cannot measure the work of the Holy Spirit, right? So, it's the Spirit of God without measure. John 3, 4, 3, 3.34 says that you and I can have His Spirit without measure. I used to pray this all the time. I used to pray, because it's what I heard, I used to pray, Lord, give me a double portion of your Spirit. Remember Elisha, Elisha prayed that when Elijah was passing? He said, ask of me what you want. He said, I just want a double portion of your Spirit. That's all I want. And he said, you've asked a hard thing, but... But if, if you're around, when I go up, it's yours. And I used to pray that, God, give me a double portion of your spirit. And one day the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, why are you limiting me? I'm like, what do you mean? He said, I have given you the opportunity to have my spirit without measure. It's in your Bible, without measure. And so I quit play, praying for the double portion. And I'm like, God, fill me up and let me overflow with your spirit without measure. Let, it get, let me be so full of your spirit, Lord, so full of your spirit that it just flows out of me and gets on others. Amen? Splash. You should, ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You should be so full of God's spirit that when you get around people, you just splash all over them. And they're like, what in the world? <laughs> easy now, easy now. When you walk in a room, you should be so full of the Word of God, you light that room up. You've been in the presence of God. You're refilled with the Spirit of God. You walk into a dark, desperate place, and you illuminate that dark, desperate place with the Word of God, with the oil of God, the anointing of God. The whole room shifts. The whole atmosphere changes. And whatever somebody's dealing with, you have the power to rebuke it. You have the power to pray for them. You have the ability through the Holy Spirit to make a difference. Shout without measure. Without measure. And I have to close because we have another group. You, you know the deal. You know it all. We're working on it. Someone say, Pastor, you've been telling us that. We are working on it. 
So come in. It's on the left. Say the left. I thought about this this week, and I'm like, it's on the left. Candle on the left. And I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I know I'm going to offend some people, but you'll get over it. If you're going to deal with the left, you better be full of God's spirit. And you better have the word of God. If you're going to deal with somebody who 57 genders, you're going to deal with that in the natural? Well, you know, men can have babies. You've lost your ever-loving mind. And you think I'm crazy because I've been in the spirit of God, because I, be, I believe in the outpouring of the And you think I'm crazy? And you're, you're bold enough to get up and say 57 different gender ID, identify, whatever you call it, and men can, you're crazy. You need to come up here before I get in trouble. Nonsense. Don't, don't get me on this. And then they want to indoctrinate our kids and grandkids with that kind of nonsense. I'm telling you, we're coming out of this thing full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word of God, and we are going to make a difference. I said, we are going to make a difference. Everybody stand. Well, Pastor, you got three more? I know. Hey, this Wednesday is our first first Wednesday. Seven o'clock. Here's what we're going to do. By God's grace. Can you put the one picture back up of uh, the overhead view? Yeah. I'm going to get you to this table right here. Because this deals with your family. Okay. I'm going to show you some key things that you can pray for your family right here at this table. It also deals with your relationship with the Lord. If you want to go deeper, if you want to go deeper, Wednesday night, and then God's grace, I'm going to get you to that labor, and then hopefully behind the veil. Amen. Did you learn something today? Come on, did you learn something today? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for a dedicated, consecrated, committed church. I thank you, Lord, that there is a hunger in this room for more of you. There's a desire. There's, there's, Lord, there's something happening. There's something happening. This is the year, Father. This is the year. This is the year, Lord. And we know that you are up to something and you're moving, Father. This is that year, Lord. Things that we've been praying for, things that we've been believing for, family members that we've been praying for, this is the year. Breakthroughs that we've been praying for, this is the year. In Jesus' name. Come on, just tell somebody beside you, this is the year. Just tell them this is the year. This is the year.
This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. Come on, this is the year. This is the year. In Jesus' name. This is it. This is it. In Jesus' name. Can we just lift up hands again and let's worship the Lord?